big beefy black guy because you're not a big beefy black guy not yet mm. not yet mm. today's technology that'll happen i mean if i can if i can go from an audi to an innie who's to say that anyway <laughs> yeah that's crazy i recorded all that um, I'm gonna do. Uh, I'll probably leave this in. Okay. And then I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do an introduction. But they, when when they're listening to this, they're like, "Oh, that's funny." Nice. Okay, ready. Welcome or welcome back to Idle Talk. Today it's your boy Fernando. Favorite's not here. I've replaced him with a new boy toy. Please introduce yourself. Hi everybody. Um, <laughs> I'm Fabian's replacement. I'm Omar. It's Omar. Omar. To, if you heard that a little bit in the beginning, yeah, <coughs> yeah. I thought when Malik would tell me about Omar, I feel like I already knew, knew Omar, right? I just didn't know what he looked like. I thought that Omar was this big, beefy black guy, like this big, beefy, old, wise guy, because the way he would describe him to me, and it and it's not out of Malik's character to befriend an older <laughs> an gentleman, old, <laughs> yeah, beefy, wise yeah. guy. I mean, yeah, um, we met somebody, some guy like that at our gym, like this big. Like, like fucking Ronnie Coleman looking ass old man like so I, was, so I thought oh great another another, another wise, one. wise older figure no um, I'm probably the complete antithesis to everything that you just said I'm not I mean big is a relative term but I'm not a big beefy black guy who's wise I am a racially ambiguous mutt um, <laughs> yeah 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 I mean so I, I I'm interested in and um, what constitutes your, oh, my, mu- your muddiness? Yeah, my muddiness. Your muddiness. Um, yeah, I, I would I, like to to go simplify. Into that. I claim that I'm, I claim I'm Filipino, but oh, I'm rep piece. He, yeah, that's that he reps. That's the one that like, quick, dirty answer. Hey, what are you Filipino? Just throw boom, it out real boom. quick. Boom, quick, clean. Easy. But I'm Filipino and Pakistani. Um, if I want to go deeper into that, my mom is mixed and my biological father is mixed of two races. So I'm a fourth of all of those. Filipino, Welsh, Pakistani, Mali. But Not I'm to be confused. With Somali. With Somali. Yes. Yeah. Fabrian. <laughs> I mean, it could have been, been that he didn't hear me because sometimes I, I talk pretty low. Hopefully the mic is picking me up now. But, no, no. I got, no it, I got it super sensitive. Oh, per- yeah, perfect. So if I fart, they'll know? They'll know. Yeah. Oh, they'll know. Shit. You could if you want to. You don't smell test. This is <laughs> for for preface and reference. This is like our second or third time hanging. Yeah. I mean, although we have like hit it off instantly, I don't think he's subjected to uh, the nuclear warfare that comes out of my asshole. Can I curse? You could curse. Yeah. Asshole. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I think I think the stuff that comes out of there is what Ukraine needs to win the war. Like mm-hmm. that's the I wouldn't want to subject you to that yeah, kind yeah. of pain. Um, um, one time Malik farted and he swore he didn't fart while driving in the car. And it was just you two? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, pretty and then one time he said, hey, I need to fart really bad. Can I roll down all the windows? And I was like, yeah, sure. Thank you for telling me. And then I caught the one whiff. No. And I was like, that was you. You, you <laughs> fucking liar. You didn't you didn't fucking have the AC setting on where it brings in the outside air. You oh, did no. fart. Oh, circulating? Yeah, like, no. you did fart. You so you're Dutch oppening in the car. I was like, you farted, you liar. Yeah, pretty much. No, oh, that's our boy. Yeah, it is our but... boy. Interesting. Um, I was actually going to make a note of that um you're one of the malik's work friends that i'm surprised that it took him this long to find like a consistent work friend like you, you did say that before I you did, said that the yeah. first night that, that, we that was surprising to me <clears throat> um I, well 
I mean, what, what I mean, that's my main point is what what hasn't Malik done to drive you away yet? <sighs> I, so I I don't think it's more so what hasn't he done yet. It's what what is my tolerance? Oh yeah. Because I'm not gonna lie, it, one of the main reasons, and I'm not shitting on our job or anything, but like one of the main reasons he feels what I also feel, which is it's hard to make friends, is because everybody walks around with the sense of like, oh, I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we work in biotechnology, so everybody is either like a super smart PhD, postdoc, what, and no, we're just here like, hey, hi. I'm, That's how it started. He's like, hey, and then you said, oh shit. Hi. <laughs> well, honestly, it actually started more offensively than that because, like I said, everybody's a prude. Mm-hmm. So they'll walk around with like a highbrow, chin in the air kind of thing. And Malik, being in a completely different department, because I work in research and development, yeah. he works in manufacturing, we rarely ever have any overlap. But his team needed help, and I had some downtime, and it was the first time I met with him. And it was an entirely different vibe from every single laboratory, every single meeting, every single workspace that I've had before that point. It felt genuine. I didn't. I felt like I could relax my shoulders. Like the whole group. Like, yeah. In that energy and yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, him. Well, so I met Malik and Elizabeth, one of our other coworkers, yeah. first, and then I met the remaining of the team like more recently, mm-hmm. and they're my work friends. Like, yeah, yeah. I leave research and development's workspace area to go hang out with them because I can do my work remotely with them, and mm-hmm. I prefer everything on that side of the business because, like, Malik's a goofball. And I can be a goofball around that kind of same energy. Yeah. So, no, it did take a while for for me to also find uh, find uh, friends friends at at work. Yeah, I'd say Malik and his his group of people was the first yeah. one. Um, his previous job, it was kind of the same thing too. I worked there too. Did you? Yeah. As a contractor or as, as a, a contractor? That's crazy. Yep. That's funny. Because we're like we, at work, we're like, oh yeah, I work there, and I'm like at this location, yeah. What department? And again, we were yeah. in separate departments. But he had a more pleasant experience there. I, mm-hmm. I didn't. Oh, but, yeah. Spill the tea. I mean. Without, without breaking any NDAs. I mean, I didn't sign any. I, I peaced out before they did what they did, <laughs> which got them in trouble. But yeah, um, I, I just I worked in manufacturing at that company. Uh-huh. And they painted a picture. Basically, it's like, oh, you'll be working in a laboratory using your degree in biology. Where the reality yeah. was I was just lifting like. Boxes? Uh, no barrels. The barrels, yeah. Sugar. Oh shit. Uh, yeah, like sucrose, because that's yeah. it, was, it was another company in biotechnology. So they were manufacturing and building vaccines, um, and a lot of apparently sugar water goes into that, which is cool, I guess. But yeah, it would just be sixteen hours. Yeah, sixteen hours yeah, of just, just lifting. Yeah, yeah. And it was mandatory overtime, and they would sell it to you like, oh well, at least you're making overtime. There's no cap on overtime. I need to live. Well, my body's broken. I need to live to spend this money, fam. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want the majority of this money that I'm making overtime with to go to hospital bills or like yeah. therapy. Yeah. Or you know, therapy as in like physical therapy or mental yeah. therapy. Well, I think I think I'm an, I'm a strong advocate that regardless if you're good or not, you should have a therapist mm-hmm. because just like how you have your physical health, you yeah. don't have any ailments, you still go for your annual checkup. Mental health should be treated the same way. You should go. Um, but no, it will be physical therapy. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. that company broke me down. When I say broke me That's down, crazy. I legit was like, hey, no, bye. And kind of didn't even give him a two-week notice. I was just like, this is my last I'm out of here, guys. Can't handle this no more. There was a, for God's sake, there was a pregnant lady in the same team as me. Doing... Do, like lifting 120 pounds of sugar. And one barrel is 120 pounds. Yeah. 
And there's like 30 to 40 of them because we're putting them into these large bioreactors. They mix like 2,000, 3,000 liters of liquid at a time. That's fucking crazy. And I was in charge of pH testing, which is just you take a little bit of the water sample or the liquid sample and you put a meter about this big in it and be like, okay, reading a screen. And she's lifting that crap. And I don't know, I was raised in a way where that's, that doesn't sit right with yeah. me. So I asked the supervisor, can we just switch? And he was like, you go to your place. She knows what she's doing. And I'm like, she's pregnant. In her third trimester, it looks like. That's I crazy. kind of hate this place Whoa. already. Yeah. It was, that's insane. That's, yeah, that's, that's the tea. That, that is that the tea. That is the crazy. Don't, don't, don't recommend working at... But he <laughs> loved it there. He loved it there. Well, he was in a different department. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it was fun. I, I went there few times to pick him up and i was like hey i left him a note on his first um day there we packed we packed lunch i was like yeah i'm gonna leave you a little note i was like i'm gonna leave you a note so when when you open this shit in front of people i'm like oh who is that yeah he was like it's my hubby that shit is well it's always so funny for first impressions they probably thought oh that is married to a man so in a way (laughs) that malik told you about me Mm -hmm. he told me about you yeah. And the first thing he introduced was, yeah, that's, that's my story. husband. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And you're like, oh, you're... you're, you're yeah. you, saw, you saw how I don't do that? You saw how my, my wrist the just snapped? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. No, but... I mean, he spoke so, he spoke he spoke so casually about it, so mm-hmm. I didn't want I didn't want to put a spotlight on it because he was like, yeah, uh, my husband, uh, Fernando. And I'm like, it's okay. You don't want to get canceled. You shouldn't need to have a large reaction, but okay. He just yeah. if he just glances over it, you should also just be like, okay, he has a husband. Boom, yeah. information. Which is not true, but there's incriminating evidence that looks like we're married, like for sure, out there, like a hundred percent. Not even like sexual things, but like one time his cousin took a. He's like, oh my god, you guys should hold hands. It'll be funny. And then she took a picture, and I was like, oh shit. Well, that's out there. On the I webs. Mean, on the webs. What did she post one day? I'm missing my boys. <laughs> you know, start blackmailing you with yeah. it. I no, mean, just it's funny though. It's funny, but I mean, I call him my like. I just called him Fabian's replacement, so I just said, so well, you know, in terms it's of interchangeable like the, in terms it's of the like romantic. No, titles. I mean like, like I mean, Malik like, is your husband. Yeah. I'm like the mistress, Mister. Yeah, <laughs> the Mister. Like I call him baby, and he calls me baby. Uh, no, but he means it though. He like. Deep down inside, he'd be meaning that shit. He'd yeah, daddy like, normally normally likes the you know the yeah. mistresses more than the wife. But <clears throat> <laughs> did you say daddy? What did you say? Daddy likes. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> guys, no, just to no. pre, to pre, just to like let you and guys know that this is supposed to be the serious version. Oh yeah, I was about to say we were supposed to be like, listen, this is going to be more structured, and we're going to be talking about legitimate topics. Yeah, well, I wanted you to introduce. I wanted to introduce him, get to know him more before the bullshit comes around. But the bullshit came like. Came and went. Yeah, but let's let's get let's get back. You talked about um, everybody needs a therapist. Yes. So so just walk me through your like what was your biggest lesson from therapy and has therapy always been like accessible to you? Really good questions. Um, one, I'm not in therapy. I need to be, and I say that as a person who is currently suffering from like bad mental health days. Um, to a certain extent, I, it's not been diagnosed, mind you. I haven't been to a therapist, but. I do think I have some sort of anxiety or depression. It could have been because of the pandemic. I don't know. I, all I know is in larger group settings, which this has never occurred before, I get clammy, I get jittery, I get fidgety. And But anyway, um, I do suffer from depression, uh, seasonal depression or like 
random bouts of it. I just know because of the way I was brought up, it wasn't of ever a thing for consideration. Um, one lesson that I, I think I can learn from it is to like accept certain flaws because a lot of that is what leads into my depression. I'm, I'm an overthinker and it's like if I see a flaw in an aspect of my life, I'm going to hyper focus on it. And instead of enjoying all the rainbows that the other aspects of my life are providing, I'm looking at this one thunder thunderstorm and I get buried in it. I know that's not something I can process on my own. Mm-hmm. So therapy is something that I feel can help that. Yeah. Accessibility, especially now, today's day and age, <clears throat> you can reach you can reach out to a therapist via an app somewhere. But I feel like to a certain extent the market is flooded with these teletherapy apps that doesn't provide quality mental health services. Yeah. Um, now mind you, the sit down on the chase couch and tell me how you feel kind of stuff costs a lot yeah. and a lot you know accessibility is, that accessibility question is then turned into well is it appropriately priced mm-hmm. and, you know that's a whole new can of worms but I think one thing that's not really talked about is especially being a minority being raised in America first generation um, how are our, is that distracting <clears throat> the, the, it's not okay. no but how, how are our um, first generation minority Americans dealing with their cultural stigmatization yeah like divides of mental health because being from like you know relating to my muddiness yeah being from a family with diametrically opposing cultures like again my father's pakistani so conservative muslim my mother was filipino or is filipino she was raised roman catholic so man it's they're they're kind of they're in the same spectrum of like abrahamic religions but One's a little bit more liberal than another, if, if you get what I'm yeah. saying. And I know growing up in a household like that, even if they did come from different backgrounds, both of them stressed the unimportance of mental health. It's, mm. oh, well, you should be mentally resilient. You should be able to handle this. I'm also the oldest child, so that's, oh, yeah. like, yeah, I'm older, parent number three. Older child burden syndrome, like... Yes, and it's real. And I think, you know... Because there there's a lot of topics on mental health that yeah. gets talked about and gets the spotlight. I just want to throw this out there into the gauntlet because I don't feel like it's talked about enough. Okay. How, you know, first generation minority Americans who have to, in a way, assimilate their upbringing with their own identity as an American. How, how are y'all mental health doing? Are you okay? Because, like, as crazy as it sounds... I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who have a foreign friend, first generation, and they're an overachiever. They're a hyperachiever. And for some reason, they sometimes can't handle it. And they either get the imposter syndrome or the pressure does get to them and they have, you know, unhealthy tendencies. (coughs) Me. Um, But everybody knows of that. Everybody knows of the, oh, well, you know, they're carrying the weight of the world of their family on their shoulders, so they have to achieve. Are we as a society asking, are they okay enough? Because it's like, oh yeah. Probably not. No, probably not, right? Probably not. So, yeah, that was my little thing. Yeah, that was, uh, that's something that I don't, I don't really think about when we, when we talk about like mental health or therapy. So, and I, the only way I thought about it before is when you see, especially in forms of media, when like a mother and a father are getting divorced 
and they go to therapy as a family to try to rebuild that family. Um, and I thought, what if like first generation, like families, like instead of going to therapy because mom and dad are getting a divorce, what if they just like go to therapy to really talk about like, is that first child okay? Especially now at this age, right? So if you're like our age and you go like, hey mom, hey dad, can you come? Can we just talk to this therapist real quick and just oh, yes. try to like address unwind. baby traumas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially because it's the traumas. Like, I like to think it's from being the first. Cause I'm the first one too. Um, a lot of those traumas aren't intentional or aren't on purpose. It's just like the lack of knowledge, and they were mixed do- with high expectations. Yeah, and they were just working <laughs> with what they knew at the time and yeah, what yeah, they yeah. thought was the only thing. But now that everybody's a little bit more open or a little bit more willing to be open. I think um, it would just be so much easier if you just if you were able to because I know some parents are stubborn as a motherfucker and don't want to don't want they think they're okay they don't want to do anything but I think it would just be maybe prioritize that family therapy too as well yeah just like you said it was it's something to think about really like what you said that had no real focus on it I was like holy shit definitely not (laughs) yeah I mean it's 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 a very niche topic but. As niche as it is, it, it affects a lot of people because we live in a country where we're called the mixing pot. You know, yeah. like, unless you, you know, you, you structure your friend group that way, which, hey, that's your it's a cup of tea. If you only have a certain kind of people, that's on you. But um, but no, like, everybody, everybody knows, culturally speaking, we all come from different places. So the things that affect us mentally, like a, a person of color... Versus a non-person of color. Cultural things will affect their mental health differently. You can kind of pick that apart even more. And it's like, yeah, well... You could pick apart everything. In well, within certain sentence. minorities. Yeah. You know? Like, how, how can certain things affect, like, Southeast Asianers versus Africans? Mm-hmm. Because, like, I think that also will provide a better context for mental health as a whole. It'll kind of... I guess flesh it out in a way. Yeah. So my question is now. I've been to like three therapists, three different ones, and they've all been like white people, two women and one man. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never, I've never been like, hey, can I get a Mexican therapist? I've never thought about it, but then again, I've never like randomly gotten like a Mexican therapist, right? So, do you think there's like some sort of of like? I think the word is discrepancy between representation and the groups of people that need to get therapy. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you were to sit down with a guy who's major, like majority white and you've got these four different like melting pots of culture within you in your blood. So it's like, how, how can you relate, relate to, to Exactly. <clears throat> Not, let alone for the one, right? Who, or two that typically people have. But you have four different, like you said, opposing cultures at times. Yeah. Um, now, although I'm four things, like, culturally, mm-hmm. I've been raised, like, the the bridge between yeah. Filipino culture and Pakistani. The other two, I don't even, like, mm-hmm. consider culturally my upbringing. But, uh, still, two is, especially since they're very, like, diametrically opposed cultures, yeah, yeah um, it's hard. And if I, for example, had a therapist that couldn't relate to those culture, especially if my traumas are cul- coming from those cultural frictions... My, if my therapist can't relate, all you're really going to be giving is either one anecdotal advice that you saw somewhere or you read up on, but you can't speak to because, you know, 
I personally believe a good therapist is somebody who can relate and then provide context and structure like unbiased. Mm -hmm. If you can't see my story because you don't have those same glasses, well, it's kind of like the blind leading the blind, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Now, I don't think it's like there should be a requirement of like, oh, only Asians should have Asian therapists. No, yeah, no. no. But like, I feel like maybe there should be a, a not a screening, but like a, hey, are you well versed in this person's culture? Mm-hmm. Um, if if the patient in this setting, if the patient's traumas are coming from cultural, um, you know, tensions. Mm-hmm. Well, then have the therapist that can speak to that cultural tension. Yeah. It's kind of like, I wouldn't go to a dermatologist for my teeth kind of thing. Or your BBL. Well, you would go. To your dermatologist? Just the, you know, the scarring. Oh. Because oh, oh. I know. I, I meant I'll to go it get it. I meant to go get oh, your BBL. Oh, I thought that was a compliment because you were saying my ass fat. Oh. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet. Yet. Keyword. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to cut the tension there. But no, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that... So, to answer your original questions, I think there are a lot of lessons that can be learned in therapy. That's like the obvious one that everybody already been knew. But accessibility... The accessibility is there. But is it like... Is it quality? Mm. Kind of. You know, that's the next question that I think we should address. Yeah, the quality of these accessible therapists, these better help sites. Right, because you... like if if... Is it really therapy if you now if you're using the logging on the phone as a re, like as a channel to the resource of therapy mm-hmm. by all means but if a therapist session is defined as a 35 minute Zoom call are you really working through trauma in that or whatever I mean no I think because I've done I've done one of those um, it was like a free one and like through like a college there, it was free for a fucking reason <laughs> through through like a college right right and it was like you get eight of these 40 minutes and I was like perfect. That's enough of them. But it really felt like I was like venting to the person the whole time. And then like I would leave and I'm like, did I solve anything? No. No. But did it feel good to bitch at the yeah. therapist? Yeah, that, that's, that's a verbal good. Yeah, there. yeah. Honestly, and that's the difference. Like, has therapy, has therapy just simply been diluted to somebody who's willing to be your verbal punching bag or be like your trauma vomit absorber? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to like stir the pot when i say this yeah. but when you're like with your close friends you would say oh we had a therapy session exactly. all you really did was just vent right yeah so like did it feel good to vent yeah it did but i'm sure there are certain but the things underlining that, reasoning and feelings are still gonna be there right nothing i'm like really... i'm sure that nothing has been addressed and if, if that if that's what it takes you just need to bitch whine and complain do that no one's gonna judge you but like they've now built a market out of that yeah and it's like hey subscribe for x whatever 99 a month to just vent to somebody to, vent to your friends yeah it's not even your friend it's a stranger it's a stranger who's pretending to be your friend yeah who will use all that stuff you overshared to make you think that you're connected i mean i'm sure a regular therapist would do that but i think it's a little bit more ethical because like I mind you, again, I've never been to a therapy session, but my preconceived notion is if you sit down on that long chase and you're actually, like, somebody's there jotting notes or trying to actually pick apart your problems as you're throwing the story, mm-hmm. their main focus is the problem and your perspective on it and how they can introduce new factors for you to change it or address it. Address it. Versus, hey, can you see me? Can you see my, can you see me? Is my camera on? Okay, yeah, so this is what... 
Brandon that's... really pissed me off today. Uh, Sheila, like, no, like yeah. that's that's kind of fucked up. That to is me. fucked up. Yeah. But apparently, people like it. If it if it it's works working, for you, apparently it works. But I feel like the, at the very least, another another thing that we should be talking about in, in the context of mental health is what resources are required to just you know what resources what quality resources are available for the real mental health problems because well i'm not oh god i can't even say real mental health because mental health is legit but yeah, like everything stu- is real but right but like the stuff that's like you really need but the proper like i know critical what you're trying care to say. and attention yeah. versus because if, if if something's just on your heart and on your soul the yeah fundam- your fundamental like the deep-rooted like things that yeah. are wrong quote wrong with you right to try to like, solve those instead of trying to just like pick up the leaves and put it in a different pile and there then and now you have to still clean up that pile and then you put it on top of another one and it's just like you're just moving right just moving the the pile the mess right um so like what how much of the quality resources are there for the heavier mental health issues and are we doing a good job providing, you know, those outlets for people mm-hmm. to vent? Because if, if that's what it takes, and I know that there's a large majority of people who just need to get it off their chest. Yeah. And if that's what it takes and that's what helps you get that's to the fine. next day, hey, you're human. Keep pushing. Keep going. Yeah. Is that also enough? Is there enough of that for people? I was going to say no. I don't think there is because I, I want to just another fundamental problem, I think, with mental health and therapy is I grew up. And people were like, oh, I want to be a psychologist. And then the person has always been like, like a lot of people have been like, what the fuck are you going to do? Just sit down and with a notebook all day? Like, you Just wanna analyze be, You got to be a, a doctor, even though they're like doctors in their own right. Or like a dentist or like a, a scientist. The money's like not there, right? Yeah, it's always like, you're not going to make any money for it. You're not going to do this. You're not going to change anybody, blah, blah, blah. And I think that, again, that's the, the growing up like, problems that people who probably wanted to do that but could were like got peer pressured out of not being a psychologist oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and doing something else i think um there's that that stigma of like it's not worth to have that job you know because how many of them need their own like therapists or like it's, it's one of those questions that you never think of like Who's the mailman's mailman? <laughs> like, who's a therapist's therapist? Because behind the notebook or behind mm-hmm. the webcam, they're also a person. And yeah. they're just because they're somebody's therapist doesn't mean that they're immune to mental health. Exactly. Because they have their own thing that they're dealing with, and then they have Work. eight other people's right, things that right. they're carrying with them all day. And Shoot. Like, Mentally speaking, yeah, even what... if you're fine, even if you didn't have any issues... That's the, well, this is like a personal thing, but that's that's one of the main reasons uh, I can't be as resilient and available to my friend group or family anymore. Because for a long time, I used to be the verbal punching bag mm. or the trauma vomit catcher, just to hear people vent. At one point in my life, nothing was stressing me out. I was doing well in school. I was uh, really happy in my relationship. Like everything was all fine and dandy. But hearing people's problems and too many of it at a lar- at a large frequency. I started to get messed up, and I'm like, "Yeah, okay, I can't do this anymore." I'm going through this, please. And people are out here, actually, like you said, handling eight different people's life, entire life, like Like, problems for their paycheck. Like, don't get me wrong, everybody's been there. It's like, oh, I hate my job. I think that would pale in comparison (laughs) compared to like being a therapist who has to hear people 
constantly throw their negativity out there. At like, them, yeah. All and the you're time. You're just carrying the, the negativity, all the weight of that on you throughout the day. Honestly, like, therapists are slept on. Like, you'll be, like, at a Whole Foods or something, and then you're like... <sighs> Existential stare. Yeah, um, just looking at the, the bottle, you're like... Mango doesn't uh, exist, neither does I. Casey, why did you throw this mango <laughs> bottle at your ex while he was leaving your house? You, how did you... How, and now how you're like... You? I can imagine there's like these, tr- quote, triggers of like things like from stories that people tell. And they're like, oh yeah, this hydro flask once hit somebody. And have a completely separate moment. Yeah, like, look, I'm having my own moment because I'm remembering a story of a hydroflask. But this is not a hydroflask. <laughs> but I used to be that person, like you were saying, I used to just listen to people. But now, like, I've, I've rudely, I think, have done this thing where I'm like, I'm not available to receive what you're about to give me. Uh, I'll say, so do you say it like that? I, I, I say it like that. I don't think that's rude. Bro, Um, I said it on the show, too. It was like one of the third, fourth episodes. I was like, man, I'm... Sometimes I don't I don't tell people my stuff because I don't know if they're gonna be ready to receive my stuff and I would like the same consideration back. I was like, and I told the old co-host I was like I don't care if your your grandma ran well your dog ran away and your grandma's missing. I don't I don't care. <laughs> like I'm not ready for that. I mean, I, I, the way I see it, I prefer directness. Mm. So like, one I think it's being kind, not rude, because you're letting me save the breath. I don't have mm. to. Ex- I don't have to put myself through that. Like, if it's mental trauma or emotional trauma, everybody already knows this. Once you retell a story, you kind of re- relive those experiences oh, yeah. and those emotions. So, like, if I'm about to tell you some shit that got me upset, thanks for not letting me get upset. You're welcome. Got yeah. your back always. It's just like, hey, sorry, I don't. I can't. I'm not available for that right now. You want to talk about something pleasant? We can have a full long conversation. Did you watch that new Mario movie? That was pretty cool. <laughs> peaches, peaches. Yeah, I can't believe you got that. Yeah, that song stuck. That in my song head. stuck in everybody's head. Yeah. Man, we had a little pre-production meeting about how I was like, "What? Are, what do we want to talk about? What do you not want to talk about? Certain things." I'm open. Open. So like he talked legs about legs in a book. He talked about. He talked about being in a relationship earlier. Let's yeah. let's, let's 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 switch the pivot. Let's pivot away. So, how long have you been in a relationship? Going on eight years. Eight years. Another guys, if you if you listened so far, yeah, I've another told. guy, another person with a really long relationship. So, is it still going? What's going on? Let's like let us know. You still in yes, it? Yes, yep. I am still in it. As far as I know, at least I, I left the house taken. So, <laughs> the answer for now is yes. Yes. So, what's the biggest thing you've learned? From being in this super long relationship, um, this is gonna sound super cliche, um, but I, I do think it's it's especially not like no shade or whatever, but this younger generation in dating, I feel like they're a lot like they're they're very superficial at times. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait, do you got a bag? Show, raise me up. First of all, this new terminology, I just I'm gonna sound old as fuck, but like, how old are you? <laughs> Twenty seven. <laughs> I'm not. I'm no, I'm not like that old, but like that's an old fart bag. I feel like it. You're not fucking with the Riz, the Rizzler. I mean, mean, those that was my elbows. I have an old, decrepit body, but I feel like I'm like a a refined soul in a way. But my shit was spit your game, not Riz me up. Yeah, Riz me up. No, I'm gonna spit my game. It's short for charisma. I think I threw up a little and just swallowed it. (laughs) I saw you. I I I think I saw you do that a little Um, bit. But no. Uh, the one thing I learned in this long relationship is really be with somebody who 
is a friend and ideally a best friend because don't get me wrong i wish blessings and love abundance to everybody out there but the honeymoon phase is gonna end okay you're not gonna be looking at each other and just wanting to pounce all the time or just be all cuddled up or oh i love you so much i love you too babe eventually you're just gonna be like hey sup hey I haven't seen you in a few days. Where you been? Well, sleeping in the bed. I mean, I wouldn't say a few days, but it's just like, can you can can you just sit in silence with your partner? Because you, you if you if you like that's something you can do with your best friend, right? You don't necessarily have to interact. It's just like, hey, sup? Playing the game, me studying. Or hey, I'm cooking. You're on the couch on your phone. Like, is is there a dynamic in a way where you can be in each other's presence without needing to interact? Because at one point, like, I mean, it happened here and there, but we we really thought to each other, like, wait, um, is this what a relationship is supposed to be like? Like, not trying to sound like, oh, I'm judging my own relationship, but it's like... You could have ended it right there, and you'd be like, no, I missed the honeymoon phase, and then (laughs) boom, 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 like, as soon as that's over, all right, this is done, I'm out of here. Could have done that. Yeah, I mean... But it, it's it's a unique question to think of because you're not saying it like, I guess, qualifying mm-hmm. your relationship. It's like a eureka moment. Like, wait, this is what a relationship is supposed to be like? I just feel relaxed. Yeah. I can be goofy. I don't feel like I have to... Like, she farts in front of me. Like, spread, like, spread cheeks <laughs> type ass just in the... Like, particulates in the air and all. And I'm just like, <laughs> cool. Like, you nice. want chicken nuggets? Like, th- that's the biggest lesson, like, for me. It's it's be with somebody who's, like, your best friend. Because I, I've i been in relationships where the person that I'd want to talk to isn't the person I'm in a relationship with. And it's like, well, at that point, what, why are you in a relationship with somebody? Yeah. If you, if you naturally just don't want to, like get closer and closer to somebody i'm not saying be stuck at their hip but it's just like mm-hmm. hey yeah i can i can vibe with you i can talk with you i don't feel like i certain topics i can't discuss with you mm-hmm. like you'd want your partner to be your best friend before they're your partner because mm-hmm. there are going to be some days where you're going to be mad at them but you get mad at your best friend you still know they got your back right that's true that is very true how many of us are in relationships where the answer to that question is no if the partner's mad at you and at that point, maybe you should take That's an introspective a tough look. Question, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm not even saying. in one, and I just like was like, whoa. I'm just yeah. Even even if you're single, picture yourself in a relationship because that I truly believe the more you know about yourself, the better a relationship with anybody will be, whether it's with an incompatible person or not. But like, what are you willing to be with somebody who you probably couldn't stand if they were mad at you? Not me. If you yeah. can't tolerate me when you're mad at me, then what? what's the point? Right. What's the point, everybody? I mean, that, yeah. <laughs> Hits pen. Those questions. <laughs> Next what's question. The what's the point? So, any challenges that have stuck out to you that you were like, if we didn't get over this, it probably would have ended right there? Yes, and this does tie into a different cultural upbringing. My partner is black. Um, she was raised here in America, um, in Baltimore. Baltimore. Uh, I mean, I was raised here, but like, I was raised with a different cultural <clears throat> upbringing. Excuse me. But 
if you can, because I know this is the ideal, and we don't live in an ideal world, but get along with your partner's family. Oof. Or at the very least, be strong enough to set boundaries and adhere to them, because from there you can you can build if you have set boundaries. Instead of trying to like bridge a gap that you have no business bridging, because that's kind of <laughs> what happened to us. Um, not more so with her family, but since my family is kind of the outlier um, and think a very different way. They're, they're really good people. I love them. I can't speak highly about my parents, but they have that foreigner mentality, for lack of better terms. Yeah. And my partner trying to like reach out to them, all they saw was this woman is stealing our son away. Like I said, and mind you, the I'm oldest. The oldest. I'm like I'm the oldest male. If you're foreign, if you know, you know. Um, the a male, the oldest. Um, by by but there's only two of us. Me and my younger sister, and she's eight years younger than me. Mm-hmm. So like, my I, younger sister, you're eight years younger than me too. Are we are we the same person? Probably. I'm just 26. Yes, we're the same person. Um, but no, I, yeah, it's, be with like at least get along with them? Question mark or at least be cordial? I, I, I don't even know. Just survive somehow. No, no that like... should not be the metric of like the standard. That should not be the benchmark because that's us right now. Because my like my fam and her, it's it's a rocky relationship. Um, Do you think it'll get better as your parents age? I hope so. Oh, I'm optimistic, be like stubborn the whole time on the, all the, the way out. The optimist in me says it will get better. It yeah. it has to get better. The realist in me is like i feel like there are going to be bouts where everybody's really really getting along and there's going to be like hey i'm not coming over this year for thanksgiving kind of (laughs) thing and that's okay i i i'm going through this new phase of life where uh i am trying to be okay with the things i can't control yeah and if that's how it's going to be that's unfortunate do i wish it was better of course yeah um but yeah okay last question yeah last question i got for you this is more about you Okay, let's say you find a way to talk to yourself right before your 21st birthday. What do you say to yourself? You've got 30 Ooh. minutes with yourself. 30, 30 minutes, minutes sit down with sit an down old Omar. With okay. old Omar. Or a young Omar. A younger Omar, um, yeah. Maybe the 21. new Omar, okay. because maybe he listens to you and then you no longer mm-hmm. exist. That's some like Marvel timeline. <laughs> yeah. That's no, nah, that's I can't answer that question. I'm not high enough for that. Um, maybe on the second part, but part two, in 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 a timeline where I just I could just go back in time, talk to you, and speak to the day before 21, Omar. Yeah. Well, well let me ask myself this question: what, Who was that Omar? I know I was definitely going through stuff with family and school, and I was actually I was going through a lot. Damn, I just paid because I felt like that's like no, yeah, a that's turning like a, point like in your good, life, yeah, 21, yeah. you know? Um, so you got 30 minutes, too. You can unpack them. Maybe you unpack a lot of stuff. Let's see. Where do you The first work? thing I'd say is um, stop bitching. Mm. Stop bitching. Because a lot of the problem, and I don't say this as a like, tough love kind of thing. I say this as a real kind of the problems I had at 21, Fernando pale in comparison to the problems I have at 27 and I know six years may sound like a lot to some people it might sound like nothing but to me it felt like it was that just yesterday 
and I'm like, oh my god, I'm worried about uh, or the, uh, trying to get this appeal to take organic chemistry. Like, bro, <laughs> just like you're, you'll be fine. Even if you did have to switch your major and continue school for however many more years, because I was in school for. It took me seven years to get my bachelor's degree, but hey, we fuck, we still fucking crossed that finish it. line. Did it. Um, but no, um, yeah, stop fucking bitching, dude. You'll be okay. Like, and I say this in a obviously with the knowledge that I'm armed, being future Omar, going back, mm-hmm. you'll live through this. So stop, stop, stop feeling like the world is gonna end because it didn't. Yeah. First and foremost. Second, love more. Mm. love more stop stop being hypercritical of the things you aren't receiving and just start giving more of yourself to others because the 21 year old omar was a especially within my familial relationship and my romantic relationship i was hypercritical of the parties i was involved with like with my partner i'd say can i get more of this can i get more of that can we do more of this instead of thank you for being attentive and always like like just you know being a little bit more appreciative just stop being hypercritical of stuff everything's gonna be okay and stop picking shit apart and be more be more grateful big three things i'd say damn and that then, is you said 30 minutes really, 10 minutes each topic that's yeah it. that's crazy because those would be, those would be the three biggest things that i'd say uh stunted a lot of growth ruined a lot of relationships or just always held me back in whatever aspect of my life during that moment yeah those three, those three things. If somebody could just like beat me upside the head to knock those issues out, I'd be a lot, I'd be a lot happier. Twenty-seven-year-old Omar. Oh, that's that's uh, that was the most impressive answer that I've gotten ever in my life when I asked that question. I haven't asked it very much, but that was. Hey, I'm, I, I don't mind being top leaderboard. Yeah, for yeah, now. yeah, yeah. You hit some, you hit some personal notes for me, and I was like, yo, that's crazy. That's. So we are, are the same you, person. You listening, Fernando? <laughs> <laughs> Take notes vigorously. We could get, the, we could, we could beat the system by doing it a year before. <laughs> now a the year real closer. I was gonna say now the real step is go back in time. Go back in time. Yeah. No, but yeah, those are the three. I think. Yeah. And honestly, I think those three would be the same questions if you just change the ages. Like, yeah. okay, before twenty-one, uh, before thirty, because that's something that I'd still try to adhere to, being conscious, as I just said it. Yeah. I know I'm going to be faltering on a lot of those similar issues, but I'm going to be more mentally aware of it. And I hope that I can maintain that mental awareness of stop bitching, stop being hypercritical, and be more gracious, be more gratitude, like show more appreciation. If I can keep those three central to my being and get better at it as I age, I feel like everybody's, if if everybody could do that, but I feel like my outlook on life would just get better with time. Nah, man, that was a great like thing to end on. I always like to when I when I bring somebody new on. It doesn't matter if I've known them for my whole life or like in your case, I've known you like two days. I've always liked to learn something from these episodes, and I think most of most of them I have. You know, regarding the ones I do by myself, like when I have somebody else on, I always like leaving, whether it be Fabian, whether it be Malik. I have had Malik on like three or four times already, but there's always been something of significance that I've taken away, mm-hmm. and I think today has been those last three antidotes which it's what stop bitching yeah stop being hypercritical mm-hmm. and show mm-hmm. more gratitude yeah i think that's the key takeaway from this first half of the two parts that yeah. we'll have um we'll get to know omar in a more intimate more, setting 
lighter note. Yeah. But it's I wanted to ask some some thought provoking questions because you know our our categories are self help and comedy. So comedy loading up real soon. We're gonna take a short break, but that has been <laughs> no, we're not this. <laughs> but yeah, we are short, uh, short ish. That has been this week's episode, and I thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. See, I'm showing gratitude. Yeah, see? Gratitude, see, it's working. It's happening. Omar, anything to say to to let the people go off onto whatever else they're doing today? One Besides last those thing. last three things, not nah, just also this is like the fourth bonus. Love yourself. That's something that I'm trying to like. That I, I'm struggling to do that more because, like, we'll we'll get into it in part two. But yeah, love yeah. yourself. Subscribe on YouTube. You got to go in the search bar. You got to put at Idle Talk Pod because YouTube now has handles, so that'll be easier That's, to doing, follow. They're doing too much. I didn't even know that. That's too much. At Idle Talk Pod. We'll see you there. Peace. See ya.